0: do for me, what God, what did Jesus do for you, but let's only use the letter written to the Colossians. Let's use the letter that we've been reading, and if you, if you have to peek, you're okay, you're not going to lose your salvation for using the Bible, but I'd prefer you to just from your heart, from your memory, from what we've read in Colossians, tell me something you know that Jesus has done for you. Rescued me. Qualified me. He paid, the price so I don't have to. he paid the price, which there's an actual statement that says he paid our debt. He canceled our debt. He reconciled, he reconciled us. us. He redeemed me. He, me. he He completed me. He looks at me and says, you're exactly what I want you to be. In spite of the fact that I know that I'm not anywhere like what I close ought to be. cut away all that sinful nature. He cut off those sins. Oh, we are free from accusation. We are blameless. Holy in His sight. Last call. Without blemish. Yeah, in fact, He says we're going to be, that's how we stay rooted and grounded and as we increase our knowledge, we become more and more like the image of Him who created us, right? Where will we be on that last day? Colossians 3 says... Now, you went, you, went, you did excellent. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. and chapter 3, verse 4 says, we're going to stand with Him. He's going to share with us in glory. In that day, in that moment, He's going to call us before all the mankind, all history of mankind... And share with us his glory, not because of what we've done, but because of what he's done, not because of who we are, but because of who he is. But have I got something left to do? Have I got work to do? Yeah, I've got some work to do, and where does that start? Say it again where does it Where does it start with me and I again, I want us we, we do this regularly. I want us to keep doing it until it dawns on us. We are not anybody's police. i got to take care of me. All right, so tell me. Where does it start? Me. And what do I need to do? Tell me something without peeking. Tell me one thing you need, you need. Don't give me Bible class answers. I don't want Sunday school. I don't want church house stuff. I want personal, real, specific stuff. Tell me something that needs to be put off Get rid of, put to death in your life. Grief, Grief. greed, greed. Mediocrity. mediocrity. That's a so-so answer. <laughs> <I forget it. laughs> Material things. Material things. What do I need to be put? What do I need put to put to death? Learning to control how my Im- control my impulses. Blaming myself when I'm not wrong. Huh? Blaming myself when I'm not wrong. What do you got to get rid of? Getting getting too close to where I'm not um, I can't. I'm not i I'm not effective at all, I'm not that involved. Right. Getting too involved. I'm trying to take over and control rather than let, letting God handle the situation. Okay, now that's what I gotta get rid of. But now he said well, I get rid of these things. I put off these things. There's some things I should put on. Give me... I don't want the Sunday school answer. I want yours. Personal, specific, real. What do you need to put on? Patience. Patience. What do you need to put on? A desire to care for others. Yeah, compassion. A desire to care for others. What What do you need to put on? Oh, it, remember it said bearing with one. I mean, i got to put up with people. I understand why people can, should put up with me. In fact, it's easy. But it's that putting up with them that's the hard part, right? Then <laughs> Linda, quit coughing. That's the wrong time to cough. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me something you need to put on. Humility. Humility. What do you put on? kindness what do you put on Christ Christ. in fact isn't that the answer he's going to tie it all up he's going to say really you're going to you're putting on Jesus wherever you are whatever you're doing put on Jesus now that's not always easy that's not always easy pretty simple but not easy right We start with me. But the truth is, we tend to get more wrapped up in, I'm watching Maxine. I know what Maxine needs to fix now. And I'm going to tell her, right? Now that's a joke, because Maxine hadn't done anything wrong in the history of her life, all right? (laughs) You know? But isn't that the way we do? Don't we catch ourselves... don't we catch ourselves noticing what everybody else is doing wrong? Let me ask you about other drivers. <laughs> and it's automatic, isn't it? You start talking in politics, it's, uh, it's immediately. It's what we do. We go to talking about what's wrong with everybody else or everything else. Where do we do it the most? Honest, real. Where do we do it the most? In our home. With our children or with our mate. It does not surprise me then. It makes good sense to me, though I wouldn't have been wise enough or smart enough to say it. After he got through saying, Rex, I've got this place for you in glory. Now while I'm and I've done the work to get you there, I, you got some work left to do. Not to earn it, but to become more like me. So Rex, you've got to get serious about taking out those things that are wrong. And you got to get serious about putting on those things that are right. But Rex, it also has to take place where? In my, heart. in my heart, but in my home. In fact, that's what he says. Look in chapter 3, verse 18. While in my heart, I need to make sure that I am becoming, growing to be like Jesus. The extension of that is with the person and the people that are closest to me. And for most of us, for most of us, who is that? It's either a mate or children or our parents, right? Now, let's go ahead and say it. In this room, there are people, uh, there are a few people that had a family like I grew up in. I grew up in a an incredible Christian faith-filled, love field home. Dad turned 91 a few weeks ago. Uh, my mother, had she lived, would have been 91 yesterday, but she would have still claimed that she was 66. She had a lying problem. <laughs> But they, it was, uh, and when I talk to my dad now, and he's in those, that stage of his life where what he wants to talk about are the things that he remembers, the long ago things, and he talks a lot about the love we had in our family and the fun we had with each other. I'm glad he's got those kind of memories. But in the truth is, in this room, not everybody had that kind of mom and dad, right? and I've sat in church in my life, and I've done it, and I've heard other preachers do it, talk about what family ought to be, and I, that's right. We ought to talk about what it ought to be, but the truth is, sometimes family wasn't anything like that, right? Sometimes family wasn't like that. And so the people that are sitting out there that didn't have that kind of family, what are they hearing? Yeah, it, they don't believe it. They can't believe that it was such a like, like thing like that and or they feel mistreated. They feel something's wrong with me or something's wrong with my family or there's a resentment because my family wasn't like that. There's all kinds of, let's be honest about it. There are people sitting in this room who didn't have a dad love them like my dad loved me, didn't have a mom love them like my mom loved me, didn't have a mom and dad that were a husband and wife that loved each other for years and were faithful and kind. And I've told you the story, told you the story. Uh, My mother was, I was 60 when my mother passed away. And the 60 years that I knew them, in their marriage together, in our life together. I never heard my father and mother once have harsh, angry words with each other. Never. Never heard it. And some of you are thinking, that can't be right, man, because my parents did this, or I didn't even have parents. What I'm saying is this. We're not talking about... Uh, let's. How far are you want to go back? Leave it to Beaver. We're not talking about Waltons. We're not talking about fathers knows best. We're talking about real people taking real responsibility for their families. So your mom and dad weren't what they ought to be. I am sorry. And that's the truth. And I wouldn't make light of that at all. But the truth is, it's not about them today. It's about me. I've got to make sure that I'm putting on Jesus in me. And then if I have a wife, if I have a mate, then I should behave a certain way. And if I have children or I have parents, I should behave a certain way. He takes the most significant relationship next to us and goes there now. Are you ready? Wives, wives, read it so you know I didn't make it up. From Jesus, the one who made you holy in his sight, the one who made you blameless, the one who made you free of accusation, the one who canceled your debt, the one who is going to call you before everyone in the history of the world to introduce you and give you glory, he says what? Just read read the verse. Submit. I didn't write it. Submit to your husbands. Now stop. Just stop a second. Tell me what the word submit means. And I'd like only our ladies to answer this because guys... If you answer it, you're going to get in trouble. So just shut up, all right? So tell me what the word submit means. Defer. Defer. Submit. Let them take the lead. Submit. It's the idea submit under sub. It's where you put somebody, you honor somebody, you put yourself under them, you submit. You mean give in. Now I didn't write it, but look at the next phrase. Look at the next phrase. What is it? As is fitting to the Lord. Folks, there's the filter that makes giving in bearable. There's the filter that makes giving in possible. It's because I'm submitting to the Lord. I'm trying to fit in with what the Lord wants me to do. That's the only reason I could do it because this guy doesn't deserve it. And that's the truth. He doesn't deserve it. I don't care who he is. He doesn't deserve it. Did Jesus say we do it only when people deserve it? No. So when, even when somebody doesn't deserve it, we do it because it's fitting of the Lord. That's what he taught us, right? Now, ladies, let's be honest about it. and uh, No names... Please, but just be honest about it. What is the most difficult thing? What makes it difficult to submit in this husband and wife relationship? Whether you have that husband or not, what, what's the most difficult thing that makes what makes it so hard to submit? If they're dishonest. If there's no trust. If you're being taken for granted. When's it hard to submit? Like to be right? oh, I'd like to be right. In fact. Aren't we always right? I'm, I'm, don't, don't lie to me. I know. Yeah. After the argument's over. You're still going. Oh, know. <laughs> I know some of you real well. Somebody said something about let him take the lead. But what if you have a husband who won't take the lead? What if that man in your life is not the kind of man that will take the lead? The point is this then. I submit as is fitting to the Lord. But now, fellas, here's your turn. You heard what makes it difficult for that wife. You heard what it makes it difficult for that mate to submit. What's something you could do to make that easier, to make it better, to make it more fitting of the Lord. Tell me something you could do for that mate, with that mate, to that mate that would make it easier. How about listen? And doesn't this make sense to listen to your mate? God put her in your life for what reason? Go way back to Genesis. What reason did God put Eve in Adam's life? To be a helper. If you're not listening to your helper, They can't help you. I was going to say that, but there's little kids. I can't say it. Though the Bible uses it, I'm trying to be nice to the parents in here. But the point is, we are not very smart if you don't listen to the helper. You had somebody that's a helper. Now, ladies, real quick, just to make sure we do equal time here. What's one way you can give your help that makes it easier for him to listen? Ratchet down the volume and the shrill. It is hard to hear that. I just When a guy is twitching, he, it's hard for him to hear, right? I know, I, I was not going there, yep. I'm going to stand with Jesus in glory. Not because of what I did, but because of what he did. Not because of who I am, but because of who he is. You're gonna stand there with Jesus in glory. That's his doing. Have you got some work to do? So wives, you got some work to do. Husbands, you got some work to do. Husbands, love your wives. And do not be harsh with them. Now, there's two statements there that we got to deal with. The first one I want us to deal with, like we've dealt with it every, I guess, every time we've ever read it in the in this meeting, in these meetings. He said, "Love your wife means what?" Be el- be filled with this overwhelming emotion and affection, and I just everything. Well, somebody described it today. Um, Ernest didn't hear. Ernest was telling me this morning he's he's got a Some people in his family that have found a new love, and said they're at that. He said they're at that new stage, and I said, "New stage," and I wanted to hear his reaction. He said, "Yeah, where they go like this." (laughs) (laughs) And I'd have given anything if I got got a picture of Ernest. It would have been. I would have made a T-shirt out of it, man. It would have been good. Guys, we're not talking about that. oh the tingly. What is it? Mushy love. We're talking about real kind of love. We're talking about God kind of love. Which, and we've done it before, so let's do it again. There is patience and kindness and gentleness. and Zane just went to the fruit of the Spirit, which ain't, is a, it's not a bad deal to do, but let's stay on love. No, no record, not keeping a record of wrongs. Does not boast. Gives benefit of the doubt. Not puffed up. up. Oh, we got a long way to go, folks. Does not envy. Is not jealous. Not Not, Not easily angered. And one version says, not irritable. Okay, so now hang on. Where does that start? Where does that start? And that starts with, and I, you can see, if you don't have a wife, if you don't have a date that may become a mate, when's the best time to start working on that love thing? Right now. Yeah, yesterday. You should have got all it started a long time ago. And these little, these boys, these young men, they need to start right now learning that, because that's how you learn to be that kind of husband. And dads, you can help your son prepare himself for that if he learns to be that way. Patient and kind and not jealous and not proud and not irritable and not keep a record wrong, not somebody who boasts, not somebody who always has to have their way. Okay, so if that's right, guys, have we got some work to do? Now, honest, let's, and we did it before, so let's do it again. Fellas and fellas only. Fellas and fellas only. What would make it easier? How could your date or your mate make it easier for you to love them that way? I feel respected and appreciated. All right. Respected, appreciated. No, I need fellas, only fellas. (laughs) Only fellas. (coughs) What can they do to make it easier? Ooh, well. last call what's something a mate could do a date or a mate could do to make it easier for you to show them that kind of love grace when we make mistakes, grace. Grace we make mistakes. and, though, and the, I think what's implied in what Garrett just said is to love us be patient with us keep no record of wrong with us, and if we do the same, what happens? Now, real quick though, we can't keep score. And it's interesting, we get into this when I start talking to couples and counseling, and and they'll talk about, well, he said this, and she said that, and they start fussing. And they're both right. The other person was a jerk. So what do we do? We're just going to keep volleyballing the family back and forth or are we going to somebody say yeah you're right do you have to prove the other person wrong for you to be right good thing to remember all right and then look at that last thing and this one not going to take a lot of discussion this one doesn't take a lot of discussion this is pretty straightforward God counsel to a husband, to a man who is a date or a mate. What does he say? Don't be harsh. Don't be harsh. There is no excuse. <coughs> harsh never helps. If the wrath of God does not do the righteousness, fulfill the righteousness of God, which James says, then harsh never helps my wife. Harsh never helps my kids. Harsh. Don't be harsh with them, fellas. It may be there needs to be some discussion at home about, uh, I know there have been times I've sounded harsh or I've, I've been harsh. And no justification. Well, if you hadn't done this, then I wouldn't have done it. No, 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 no. He said, you don't be harsh whether they've done whatever they've done or not. This is not you wait for them to do what they're supposed to do, for you to do. No, you do it. I'm going to stand before God. I'm going to stand before God in glory. He's going to introduce me to the history of mankind and share His glory with me because of what He's done and because of who He is. But does He want me while I'm here getting ready for that moment to do some work? And he wants me to work on me. And he wants to work on my heart, but he wants me to work in my home. It's one thing in here for us to be nice to each other. Oh, it's good to see you. God bless you. And then you get in the car and talk to your mate, talk to your date, like they, you'd never heard of God. No. You love them and you do not be harsh. Now keep reading. Children, this one's for you. What's the word? Read that next word. What does it say? Obey. obey. Children only. All right? Obey. What does obey mean? Anybody? What does obey mean? Do what they tell you. Okay? Obey your parents in everything. And I love this next phrase cuz this is what makes everything I mean this is what makes everything work. Why should a wife submit to a husband? Why should a husband not be harsh with his wife that he loves? Why should a child obey their parents and everything? (laughs) Underline that phrase. This pleases the Lord. Makes God smile. Yes. Make God happy. Make God happy. Make God feel good about you by you doing what is right. Yeah, but my parents they don't I know your parents don't understand. There has never been a parent in the history of the world that understood. That's a fact, it's proven, scientific fact. What God say do anyway? Obey them. And I'm a firm believer. That those of you who wear yourselves out trying to explain your position to your children develop children that will end end up wanting to know explanations before they obey. Why should I stop at this stop sign? I don't see anybody coming, so... No. You obey in everything because it... Because I understand why I'm supposed to obey these rules, right? No. Because it pleases the Lord. All right. Verse 21. Fathers do not... Now, we've got different versions here, so I want to hear the different words. Exasperate. Do not exasperate. Exasperate. I love that word, exasperate. Don't know how, what it means, but exasperate. Don't exasperate your kids. And, give me another word. Hello. Don't embitter them. Um, don't embitter your children or they will become discouraged. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it make sense to us? Then let's, let's make sure we don't discourage our children. And one of the ways you discourage somebody is when they see no possibility of ever being able to do better. Don't exasperate them. Don't push them to the point that they can't do. Do not expect things of them that they're not able to do. But make sure there's enough expectation in them to get them to become all they can become. But you don't embitter them. You don't make them, you discourage them. Because then they quit. They stop trying. No, 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 no. We can't do that. No. Why? Why do I I not want to do that? why would I not do that? As a father, why would I not do that? Why would I not be so harsh with my kids that they would quit? Why would I not be so exasperating to my kids that they would give up? Why would I not want to do that? They're in the process of growing. Yeah, they're in the process of growing. What did God do for you? Did He pick on you every time you did something wrong? Did He make a big deal of it every time you messed up? No, the truth is, He made you holy in His sight and He made you without blemish and He made you free of accusation. And if He could do that for you, how about you cutting a little slack for your kids? Right? What are we seeing? What are you seeing? Wives, husbands, children, fathers. What are you seeing? What are you noticing? it's all of us there's nobody left out of it what are you noticing what are you noticing he's, he's not he yeah he's not asking us anything to do, do anything that he hasn't done what's he what's he what are you seeing I don't know that I was going to say it, but Brad started it. It's his fault. All right? But guys, we've got to talk a little bit about expectations for each other and expectations of our children, expectations of our mates. Because what happens when you start having expectations? If you're not careful, your expectations are so high, they can't ever satisfy you. And you are constantly disappointed, constantly frustrated, and you react that way. Um, I was the uh, starting quarterback in football. We had a good team, played a big game, won it. I had nothing to do with it except I didn't mess up real bad. But the head cheerleader came running up to me after the game, gave me a great big hug, which was nice. And she said, oh, Rex, I love you so much. I thought that was very nice and so I said thank you and you laughed why (laughs) and you were right she got mad punched me and ran off and I'm serious I stood there I was 17 years old 16 17 years old and I was going what'd I do what'd I do and the fact that you the fact that you laughed the fact that you knew what was wrong tells you me that you've had the same similar experience either somebody's done it to you or you've done it to somebody else have you ever said to honest have you ever said to somebody i love you waiting. waiting for them to say it back <laughs> so you weren't giving them a gift of love you were trolling for some love. You were doing a little troll. Let's see if I can get something back. Ladies, it happens all the time. Fellas, do it all the time. No, stop it. Stop it. You don't give somebody something to get something back. Because you get started in that, what happens? If your expectations are disappointed, what do you do? You quit doing it. You quit doing it, the other person's going to... React accordingly. It's not going to make it better. It's the woman who says, I want my husband to love me. And while she's screaming at him, calling him horrible names, doing terrible things to him and being unkind, and I looked at her and I said, if you want him to love you, don't you think you might ought to try being lovable? Ooh, boom. It works with the guys too. You come in and you have no care for what's going on around the house. You've got no care for what's going on with the family. You've got no care about what's going on with her. And you expect her to, I'm the man. Back off, buddy. You've got to watch out for that. Your expectations are going to get you in a situation where you can't make, where nobody can live, except on the corner of that housetop with that woman that's the constant dripping. Proverbs says so. So let's do this, y'all. Let's take out trying to get our mate or trying to get our date, trying to get our brothers and sisters, trying to get people to do things for us or to feel a certain way about us. And why don't we just start being that way? Mr. fellas, be Jesus to her, whether you like her or not. Ladies, be Jesus to him, whether you like him or not. Be Jesus to them whether they've been Jesus to you or not because somebody else's actions toward me should not determine my reaction to them. was not that what Jesus taught us? That we do what's right whether anybody else does or not. stories that uh, I heard about my dad before that time. Oh go. That's not the man I knew. And I I believe that's right. I believe that's what you do. What if they don't respond? I want to make sure. What if they don't respond? You still do it. Because the truth is just because you do it doesn't mean they'll respond. But there's more likelihood they will become What Jesus wants them to be, if they've got a good example of what Jesus, what they know Jesus wants them to be. Slaves obey your earthly masters in everything and do it not only when their eye is on you to win their favor, but with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. I know He's talking to slaves, but doesn't it sound familiar to you? Isn't that the same thing He's been saying to wives and husbands and children and parents? You do what you do with sincerity of heart and reverence for the Lord. I don't like that fella. I don't like that boss. I don't like that employee. I don't like that wife. I don't like that kid. I don't like that parent. Okay. I understand. That happens. So what you do is... Please the Lord. The same thing say at the end of that. Please the Lord. Verse 23. For whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as working for the Lord and not for men. Since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. I didn't write it, but that's where we're going to tie the knot on this thought. Whatever you do. Are you... uh, You staying home with the kids? Whatever you do. It's going to be a long time if you don't answer. Work at it with all your heart. You don't have a job, but you're looking for a job? Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. You're working for a boss that doesn't understand? You're living with a woman who doesn't care. Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if you're working for the Lord. I didn't write that. Does that make sense? Yeah, but your husband, my husband doesn't understand. I know he doesn't understand. I know him, and you're right. And he's not ever going to, able to understand. He's too thick to understand. But what do you do? Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. You are serving the Lord. You're working for the Lord. You're trying to please the Lord. Is there a reward for you? Yeah, now man, I'd hope that every husband that loved a wife would be loved in return. And I hope every woman that loved a husband would be loved in return. It's not the way it's going to be because people are not always going to follow what Jesus has to say. But we follow Jesus whether they do or not, right? I'd love for it to be true of every boss. I'd love for it to be true of every employee. I'd love for it to be true of every friend. I'd love for it to be true of every brother and sister in church. It's just not going to be that way. So if you're doing something for the Lord, setting up the chairs, going to school, paying the bills, cleaning your house, visiting the sick, name it, whatever you do work at it with all your heart no mediocrity, no, 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 no 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 lukewarmness, let's go full bore, let's go full gung ho let's do everything we do with all your heart as if you're working for the Lord and not for men Will we receive an inheritance? Yeah. And there'll be a day when we'll stand in front of the history of all the world and God, Jesus there with us and before God, will share with us his glory. We'll receive an inheritance, not because of what we deserve, but because of what he deserves and wants to give to us. Our minds will do different things while we're remembering Jesus. I'd like us to focus on this if we can. What do do I need to do? What do I need to start doing? What do I need to become? What do I need to try? What do I need to change? Whether it's with my mate, with my children, my grandchildren, my great grandchildren, what, what do I need to change in my job? What do I need to change with the people I work with? What do I need to change in this room? What do I need to change with my teaching or my, my loving of brothers and sisters? What do I need to work on in order to become what Jesus wants me to be for them? Where does it start? Where does it start? One more time. Where does it start? Let's think about that as we remember Jesus.